So, Alex, it's really good to see you again, and I'm also really pleased to hear that you've breathed your way through COVID and that you're alive. Yeah, thank you. And I also, um, when you asked that question before we started the video recorder on, it hit me with a surprise. It was the kind of question that I had never considered before, and yet I recognize in some forms that people, uh, students have been asking that question over and over and over again. I didn't quite understand it. So express it again for me so that we can get a really good handle on what this is about. Um, I'm not sure what the question is that you're referring to. The question is, is I can't get no satisfaction. You're singing Ron, Ron Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. All right. So tell us about it. Well. I mean, I was I was cooking just a little bit ago and I was really excited to cook this dish. And whenever I got irritated or frustrated, I would just take a deep breath and let it out while it was cooking. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. what but what kept happening is it kept coming back. And what? The yeah, irritation coming. and uh, the frustration. Yeah. Well, actually, and, let's go a little bit <clears throat> um when we say actually in uh Meditation, we mean deep. I think that the word is not. Let's go a little bit early. When we go deep, that means that we have to go back to something that happened immediately before that. So here you are cooking, and something happens, and you get frustrated. Yeah. And then you take a deep breath, and now you're cooking again, and you're thinking about cooking, and then something happens, and then you get frustrated again. Yeah. All right, what happens? It could be like. Did you drop a spoon on the floor? Is that what causes the frustration? Sometimes, sometimes that's it. But other times it's just me taking a teaspoon and dipping it in the cornstarch, filling it up with the cornstarch and leveling it out and putting it in the glass. But there's like this impatience or this irritation that's just there. And I don't I don't think it really has anything to do with ah, what I'm doing. Give a voice, give a voice to that irritation. It's what like, is the voice? It's like, ah, ah. <laughs> What is the uh, about, though? That you're not fast enough, that you're not good enough, mm. that you put too much cornstarch, not enough cornstarch, that you don't like how perfectly it was leveled? What is it that the ah uh, comes up as a response to? Because the response, the ah, uh, is coming out of the child. What did the child hear? What was the motivating factor? What was the button that was pushed? What was the thought that wasn't good enough? 
there was a, a thought of judgment in there that we need to look at. Okay, let me ask it this way. Why was it leveling the spoonful of um, cornstarch good enough? Why was it good enough? Why wasn't it? I mean, what was the problem? What's the source of the frustration? I keep coming back to that, and I'm trying to ask you in 10 different ways. What was the rule you broke? I don't really... about this is too much work. When in There's... fact you saw it was a pleasure, but now leveling corn starts, that's just too much. Sometimes there's that, but it's honestly what I think it is, is it's I'll take a breath and I'll just enjoy that breath, right? And I'll let okay. it out. And then a, a couple seconds later, that irritation or frustration will come. And it's Wait, like, no, 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 no. In a couple of seconds, you will notice frustration. Let's get the uh, the words correct. It's not saying yeah. that frustration comes. Let us say you know it. You don't. When you do know it, you know it then, and you don't know how long it's been there. And that, in fact, frustration is often uh, just another word for anxiety, which is often another word for fear. And in your case here, it's the fear of failure. Now, yeah, the I think point it's... about fear is, is that it, it, they, gosh, they know quite a lot about it. The chemical reactions in the body of fear. Is, is closely associated with the adrenaline gland and, this, and the garbage that the adrenaline gland, pump, gland pump, pumps into the blood. Like um, adrenaline and uh, cortisol and that kind of stuff. Okay, so once that stuff is in the blood system, the individual, if he's paying attention, can feel that stuff in the blood system because it's actually doing its work. It tenses the muscles. It brings a whole lot of glucose as part of the adrenaline into play so that you can have rapid fire movement in order to dodge an arrow or to move your head out of the way just in the time for the dinosaur to snatch your head off. You know, that kind of energy. That's what adrenaline does for you, except that when you're standing in the kitchen, you've got no dinosaurs about to bite. There's no place to go and nothing to do with this adrenaline, but you notice that it's there. You take a deep breath and that actually relieves a little bit of it. And then you are thinking while you're uh, leveling that spoon of um, uh, cornstarch. And while you're leveling that spoon of cornstarch, you're having other thoughts that then will kick on the adrenaline valve again. And so now the adrenaline level comes back up and now you notice the tension and the frustration have come back. And so I'm trying to get you to look at what were your thought patterns while you were leveling cornstarch? What are the thoughts that you're having? 
Here's an example of that is why did you even have to level the cornstarch? Can't you just eyeball a half of uh, or a teaspoon as it would be leveled and then just put that in? Why do you have to do actually leveled? And how much uh, difference is what you're doing going to make if you didn't level it at all and actually put a heaping teaspoon of cornstarch in rather than the level teaspoon? But you see, you're not thinking in the sense of playing with it. You're thinking in the sense of following the rules. You got to level the spoon, perhaps because your mom did. And now you're trying to please your mom, perhaps, by saying, am I leveling it righty, mommy? I don't know what's in your mind, but something no. <laughs> that you're doing in your mind, just, you're I having just want, thoughts that I bring just up. Pardon? I just want the food to taste really good. I want it to taste good. I want to do a good job. I want it to be exactly as it's supposed okay. to be, as it's designed to be. Yeah. yeah, okay. So why are you giving you all that set of rules? Because that's your source of frustration. That's what this is all about. Is Yes, you're trying to invent a set of rules to follow. And all you get out of trying to follow your own set of rules is frustration. And so you go around following your rules, and again, the answer is frustration. And then you give yourself. But there's yourself a way to cook something to and a way to not cook something. I don't care about it. That in fact, whatever you come up with, you'll eat. Nobody else. Let us say that you're not there trying to cook for everybody. You're trying to cook for your mommy in your head instead oh. of even cooking for yourself. Well, no, I know, but it's about the art of cooking. It's about cooking. Well, like okay. I, I'm passionate right. about cooking. I enjoy cooking. I want to cook it I know. in a way that is going to be delicious. And, and I know what your passion is in cooking. It's called frustration. That's your passion. <laughs> okay. Maybe you need to take the passion out of your cooking. So that you're not frustrated. And what is that? What is the passion is following all the rules and getting it right. Well, if it calls for a teaspoon, I got to do a teaspoon. I'm not going to do a tablespoon. If we do a tablespoon, no, it's going to change the I flavor. Ever, I never did say a tablespoon. We're talking about a teaspoon and how well it's leveled. And here you go again, following a rule. How do you know you've never put a heaping tablespoon of uh, uh, cornstarch into anything before, have you? Because you've been too busy following the rules to get it right. And in fact, a table heaping tablespoon may even be a better meal. You don't know. You haven't tried. Yeah, but that's why there's a recipe. It's a recipe yes, for a reason. Rule. And the whole teaching of the Dhamma is to throw away recipes. <sighs> what? For your but, whole life, throw away recipes and start experimenting with the food that you're making in your own mind. Well, there's That's also a recipe I'm out of that, too. The recipe is relax. The recipe is don't uh, make baby steps. Make only one step. The recipe is to enjoy the breath, enjoy this moment, and be satisfied with this moment as I it is. I know you're so doing exactly what so many students do. They turn wisdom into a set of rules. Rather than look at what you're doing and keep looking at you're doing and keep looking at you're doing. And in fact, if there is any recipe there, that would be 
those steps on the Eightfold Noble Path is the only recipe that we need to wake up and look at what you're doing and to take the right effort to feel good about what you're doing. Taking a deep breath and relaxing. Now that's not much of a recipe. And let's say that that's the only recipe that there is. Another way of stating that is uh, that the Eightfold Noble Path is part of a package. And that package is the Four Noble Truths. And that Four Noble Truths can be all packaged up into just three words. And so here's your new rule for your entire life. You've only got one rule. No more rules about recipes. Let us say that every time that you cook food, you're following one of many hundreds or maybe even thousands and thousands of recipes of people who have written down what they did that tasted good to them at that time. Right? Okay. So we're going to take all of the rules about food, all the recipes that there are, even the labels of the measuring cups. And just have various cups. And we're only going to have one rule. And whether that and what is that one rule? And that is dukkha or dukkha naroda. In the case of food, does what I'm doing right now taste good? It's so far so good. What I've done so far is that good. In other words, for making a cake, you need to uh, or let us use biscuits because that's what my grandmother made. If she if she's going to make biscuits, the first thing she does is she, she spreads a bunch of flour out on the table and then she drips dips her fingertips into water and then sprinkles that on the powder until she makes dough. And so the sprinkling that she's doing is good. The making of the dough is good and she's nowhere near the biscuits yet. But she is going to make sure that what she's doing now is dough and that's it. Okay, but you, you're interested in the outcome of your cooking rather than doing what we're doing right now in the cooking and being satisfied with that. If you're satisfied with every little step that you take, then you will be satisfied of, about the outcome. But here you are looking for the satisfaction of the outcome. And so you're doing each step in frustration, which in fact is a way of saying that you're actually building frustration into the food. I wonder if it has any characteristic of the taste. I know in India, I've seen it happen that women have been fired and thrown out of the kitchen because they were in a bad mood when they were cooking for the boss. So what you're saying, I don't measure ingredients anymore. Don't measure seasonings, don't measure. No, you're making, making a rule now. Now you're turning it into the rule. You're adding new rules. And I'm saying, take all the rules out and start having the point of this action is, is that it is satisfying. That you become satisfied with each little action. Am I satisfied with this teaspoon going into the cornstarch? Am I satisfied with the teaspoon and it's coming out with some cornstarch? Is that enough? Then I'll just put it in. Or if it says, oh, I need to level it, can I be very happily just, it's level now, and it goes. Ha well, ha. Well, I mean, well, that's fine. I, I agree with that. I can I can loosen up a little bit in the kitchen. 
but I didn't know I didn't know where you were going with it because you you were implying it sounded like at least to throw out all the that measuring. You have, yes, no. I'm saying not just throw out all the measuring, throw out all of the rules and start playing with things again. Come up with some new food. Don't follow other people's rules. And now that we can see that about preparation of food, basically, I'm taking just the general teaching of the Buddha and applying it to food so we can take that application of the food back into your whole life, including the way that you practice meditation. To practice being satisfied with the way things are right now is a deep part of the practice. Why is that? Because satisfaction is is the word Pali is sukha, which is exactly opposite of the word dukkha. And here you are frustrated and you don't like the frustration. So you've got a double dose of dukkha. And all you have to do is say, never mind, I don't have to be dissatisfied. But in fact, you can say that uh, this way, hey, I do not have to even put this cornstarch in the food. I can just throw this cornstarch on the floor with the spoon on the floor and have a big belly laugh about look how silly I am about trying to follow rules to get the food right. Then you can go sit down on the couch and feel, wow, I'm so glad I don't have to cook food right now. I'm so glad I don't have to follow all the rules of the food. I'm frustrated right now. I know. And you could be <clears throat> dissatisfied instead. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can just be satisfied. And instead, you choose frustration <laughs> i'm even and and that's back to sati i'm even talking about it and you can't remember to do it while we're talking about it so just sit here and be satisfied for a moment Never mind about all the frustrations that you've had and all the frustrations that you will have in the future. Look at this frustration right now and says, there's nothing to be this frustrated about right now. Right now, I'm not cooking food. I don't have to think about food and being frustrated with food. Right now, I'm not cooking food. I don't have to be frustrated about food. Exactly. And so then you can say that attitude as you walk in the kitchen. Still, right now, I'm not cooking food. I'm not going. I don't have to be frustrated about. And then you can put the spoon into the cornstarch and pull that spoon out and say, right now, I'm not cooking, so I don't have to feel frustrated. Then you can level that teaspoon. You can say, right now, I'm not cooking, so I don't have to be frustrated. And then you can put that spoonful into that uh, whatever. And then you can say, ha ha, look at that. I didn't even get frustrated and I'm not even cooking yet. <laughs> then you go and put that little spoon in the dishwasher or on the sink or whatever like that. And then continue on. Keep having that thought. I'm not cooking yet. 
so I don't have to be frustrated. It's only when you're cooking that you're frustrated. So go through all of the motions, one little motion at a time right now. This is not cooking food right now. This is just measuring cornstarch. Happily. So right now you're not cooking food. So right now you can just sit and be happy. Just sit and be happy. And just, right, exactly. Just be happy right now. You don't have to cook food right now. You can just be happy and you could do that all the way through the process while you're in the kitchen with that one thought. I'm not cooking now. I can just simply be happy and play with what I'm doing. And I'm not caring about the outcome at all. I don't care what this stuff tastes like. If I put a little meat in it, it doesn't matter what else there's in there. The dog will eat it if there's meat in it. You'll think it's just fine. But I want to. I want it to taste good. You don't want too much. You want too much already. That's what your frustration is. If you want and you want and you want and you want, why can't you just absolutely intentionally go make a dish? Knowing that it's going to taste bad. And you can be proud of yourself for going all the way through the process of making a dish that you know is going to taste bad. Put the wrong amounts of every ingredient that you put in there. I've done that before. Yeah. Not intentionally. And it's quite playful. All right. Now we're going to do it playfully and intentionally. But in fact, until... Um, let us say you learn how to cook without frustration. Let us say that you stop cooking altogether and just make mud pies with the ingredients you find in the kitchen, knowing that the outcome of this mud pie is going to be a pie that tastes like mud. You don't care what it tastes like. You're having fun making mud pies. You don't have to be concerned about whether it tastes good or not. So how does this transfer over into just day to day everything? Day to day life. Everything. Everything it translates over to. Just enjoy what you're doing right now. Instead of making it taste good later. Is enjoying what I'm doing right now independent of the enjoying the breath? Or it's it's also with They're enjoying together. the breath? With together. enjoying. They're together. Let's not just pick one little thing to be mindful of. Let's end the mind moments that we are mindful. Uh, have a whole wide variety of objects. But that's the mistake that many Westerners make is, is that when they get in uh, to, the, to the study of meditation, they assume that taking an object, they have to take one object, and then that's the important object. And what about all the other objects? To where Anapanasati is a whole list of various objects to pay attention to, one by one as they occur. That's the thing is, is that we need the sharp focus to really pay attention to an object, but we don't get so stuck on it that we miss all the other objects. Have you ever actually seen a game that's called Whack-A-Mole? The big machine that's got these things that pop up and down right there. 
Okay. Meditation is picking out one of those um, molds that come up out of that thing to whack. And you make absolutely darn sure that you're going to get that mold. Let's say it's the one in the lower right-hand corner. But you're right-handed. That's the closest one to you. The lower right-hand corner is the only mold that you have to hit. And that's the pra beginner's practice of meditation. While all the other modes are popping up. But a little more advancement of is now if you can watch one mold pop up, can you watch two? So that if either one of them come up, you can hit those. And pretty soon now you've got four by four, you've got 16 of them. And you're going to be watching all of them. I mean, any one that pops up from out of any hole, you're going to whack it. Because you're there for all 16, not just one. But we have to learn to pay attention to the first one. A little child who doesn't know the game, he's just looking all over the place. He's not paying attention at all. And the mole comes up and he misses it. The right training is to look at just one mole that comes up. And that's the one that's coming up right now. But in fact, as we practice Anapanasati, we recognize that the Buddha's got the whole field of moles covered. And when we get good at finding one mole in the lower right-hand corner, then we can get just that one mole plus the one in the upper left-hand corner. We'll only get those two diagonals, and we'll make sure that we get them. And as we progress, this may be in the first hour of meditation, we begin to start picking up. In other words, you don't have to go to Walmart and play whack-a-mole for month after month after month hitting just one whack, just one mole. But within the first hour of your play, within the first five games or so, you can actually start hitting a whole bunch of whack-a-moles all at the same time. But it will take months you to get to the point you can hit every one of them when it comes up. All right? There is that, some skill in that. That's you what I want to get better at. No, you want to get better at hitting the whack-a-mole of saying, I want to hit the whack-a-mole that says I got to get better. That's one of your moles that you got to whack. That's the first whack that you need to take. No, I want to get skilled, more skilled at it is what I'm saying. More right. skilled. Exactly. And the skill that you need is being satisfied that your skills are okay. Okay. Have fun at hitting the mole you've got rather than wanting to hit it better. So what's the mole right now? Wanting to hit it better. Okay. The wanting. Wanting. And in your case, wanting to follow the rules. And now the rule is to get it better. To make better food, to make this and that better. Your struggle for trying to make your life better is making you miserable, Alex. Stop trying to be better and start enjoying the skills that you have now. And by enjoying the skills that you have now, they'll increase. Stop trying to make your skills better. Play with them and they will get better. Okay. I know this is so hard. It really is because the Western mind is so ground into following the rules. Yeah. Okay. And the psychologists have known about it for a hundred more uh, now, 130, 40 years. See, 
yeah, 130 years now, uh, since Freud came up with the idea of the superego is our own internal action or a set of rules or the ways that we're supposed to do things. You're guiding light in your mind. And that guiding light is applied to a little child inside who cannot match up to the rules that you've made. Yeah, and so what I wanted to say constantly frustrated because you can't follow the rules. Your standards are way too high. Yeah, and I mean I just what I wanted to say to you earlier is I'm at the point right now mm-hmm. where I see that even if I take a break from Anapanasati, if I take a break from this practice, I'm even more miserable. It's just, it's because there's no escaping it. It's just, it's everywhere. So it's like, well, no, no, and no. I've got to do something. It's not everywhere. It's only one place. And that is here. To my mind. To your mind. Right here, right now. Yeah. Very few people are frustrated about the frustrations that they had 30 years ago. Because there's been too much frustration to pay attention to since then. But sometimes we have really big frustrations, and then that same frustration we'll keep reminding ourselves about for 30 or 40 or 50 years. And every time we think about that, an example of the the bully picks on the 14-year-old kid, beats him up, that 14-year-old then will beat himself up for the rest of his life. He's 75, he's 90 years old, and he's uh, just... I can't move anymore, but if I could, I'd beat that bully up, <laughs> but I can't. And the frustration comes back. Okay. So see that whole quality of frustrations is trying to fix something in the past that can't be fixed. The question is, can you fix this present moment so that this present moment is satisfying, satisfactory? And what? So when frustration or irritation shows up, the or, or the, or that, the uh-huh, changing, I don't have to do that. And in fact, when that frustration shows up, the frustrating thought has already happened. Right. Okay. So when that frustration comes up, the best thing that you could do was, what did I do to talk myself into be, feeling frustration right now? What was the thought? What was the thought that you had while you were uh, leveling the uh, cornstarch that then gave you the feeling of frustration? I think the idea of uh, enjoying this, enjoying the skills I have and enjoying this right now, even if it includes frustration, even if it includes irritation, is best because when I start asking myself, what was it that I did? What did I do this and that? It, it makes it worse. It makes me more frustrated. Ah, but we're talking about it not in the sense. See, that's because you've already lost it. Now you're digging into the past trying to find something that is already too old. No, we're talking about you're saying, okay, well, I'm frustrated now, but next time when I get frustrated, I'm going to watch how it happened. And then that frustrating thought comes up and you says, aha, I see you. 
I don't know what it is, but like when I say aha, I, I see you, it gets it's more frustrating for me. When I say aha, I see you, it doesn't give me any relief. It doesn't feel good. I don't I don't like seeing it. I'd rather just well, enjoy this you're right saying now. It, you're seeing it too late. You're already frustrated. You're already face down in the mud. I'm trying to get you to look at the stump you tripped over before you tripped and fell into the mud. I get frustrated at that too, though. Well, that's because you don't see it. Your face, you're frustrated already in the mud. That's <laughs> you're not seeing it in advance. If you start looking in advance, and I'm when I say advance, as that thought happens before yeah. you trip and fall on it. Can't can't I just can't I just enjoy whatever it is right now? Yes. Uh, and that's in fact exactly right. You will not pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and boogie on into the next spoonful of whatever. Because the frustration is there. Now you're frustrated face down in the mud. If you when your face is face down in the mud and you're in frustration, you can say at least, aha, I see that frustration now. And I can breathe my way out of it within five or ten seconds. And so continuing to take four or five breaths, making sure that you're working on the fact that right now everything is satisfying. I don't have to cook right now. So I can stand there in the kitchen, even with that spoon of um, cornstarch in my hand. I can so still how- take a few deep breaths and say yeah. I'm not cooking right now. I don't have to be frustrated right now. And I'm about to put this spoonful of leveled um, cornstarch into that bowl or that bucket or that trash bag or whatever I'm about to put it into. And I'm not going to get frustrated when I do that. I'm going to watch any wholesome or unwholesome, excuse me, any unwholesome thoughts, either about the past or the future, like what's this cake going to taste like in the future? And say, aha, I don't have to do that. I can just play with the actual act of putting that spoonful in. It's just dumb, Rado. What I'm trying to say to you is that when I do any kind of analyzing like that or talking to myself like that, I'm going to do yes. this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to look for my frustration next time it comes. I'm going to make sure I see the thought. I don't uh-huh. I don't I don't like doing that. I don't like doing that. That's not enjoyable that's the, for me. Oh, right. Well, that's the point. That's the whole point is look at that that makes it not enjoyable. What know. are you doing that makes that not enjoyable? Because the little process that I'm talking about actually is quite an enjoyable thing to do, and you know it. And you're telling me it's not enjoyable, so that means that you're adding a pile of shit to your meal and worried why it doesn't feel bad or why it doesn't taste good, okay? So what are you adding that makes it, I don't like to do that, I, I, that feels bad? It's like it takes me away from the present moment. That is the present moment. It does not take you away from the present moment. 
The present moment is, in fact, all six of your senses. I would just what rather your see what your hands are doing. I know what you would rather do, but right now what you're telling me is, is that you're calling me to tell me what you would rather do, which is rather being frustrated. No, no, no. I'm saying I'd rather enjoy whatever this is right now, even if that includes my frustration, so that I okay. don't have to is... be so uh, concerned about it, basically. I, could, I don't have to Wonderful. be so concerned about it. Great. Please go do that. How are you going to do that? Well, based on what you said earlier, it seems like whenever I have frustration or irritation show up or joy or wanting or whatever it is, see that as the the mole. And I, I could be like, oh, that's 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 great that I see that I can just in, and, and and if there's some lack of enjoyment in that moment, it's the the uh, the route to take is always to okay, all right, this is this is this is enough right now. I'll just enjoy this. Take take a breath, okay. let a breath out. But like, I also don't want to do this wrong. So if <laughs> all right, that's it. That's it. Do it wrong, intentionally. Do your food cooking wrong. Do your meditation wrong. I don't want to do it wrong. It instead. Huh? It makes me frustrated. No, wanting to do it right and not doing it right and being uh, uh, worried about whether it's right or not, that's the frustration. It's not making the standards. Okay. Well, then, so if Take that's okay, the then... Out. Okay, so if every, everything I said of what I'm going to do is okay, that's fine? Sure. Well, then why did you say to, you know, look at the thoughts before the frustration actually happens and this and if that? You is... can, well, if you can do it the, the way that you're talking about doing it, you're still looking at the thoughts and you're making a change. You're already doing it and saying that it's frustrating to do it. <laughs> yes, drop the thoughts that you're having that create the frustration and having I don't have to be frustrated thoughts instead. Okay. This is not hard. This is, well, it is kind of rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you got 29 raptors, but we've only got 16. <laughs> so we got to fire up all, all of them. Yeah. And build the skill. Okay. So that in fact, yes, the ability to change the mind out of the kind of thoughts that give the frustration. See, your frustration is showing up and you're telling me that you're not fast enough to even see the thoughts that cause your frustration. And I'm inviting you that, yes, you can do that. Stop being frustrated about not being able to see the thoughts when they're frustrating and just see that that is the frustrating thought. <laughs> okay. To look at these thoughts and recognize that, hey, you don't have to feel bad would be the second thought after that first thought of frustration. Like, I think I just saw 
I think I just saw one. It's that I, I can't do this. I feel like I can't do this. Right, exactly. That's, that's, that's what we're it. looking for. Yeah, right that's there. it. See those thoughts. Congratulations. Now you can say, but I can. I just did. <laughs> yeah, but I can't do it. That's the thought. Congratulations for seeing that. I've been seeing it. Everybody that's talked to you on these groups have seen it. Thank you for being able to see it yourself now. Continue to see those thoughts. Those thoughts that tell you that you're not good enough, that you can't do it. Judgmental thoughts. And substitute yeah. those with thoughts, yeah, I can do it. I am doing it. And what I notice is like, as soon as I have that thought, I like, yeah, it's, it upsets me. It upsets me that I'm even having that thought. It gets in the way. Yeah, of course. So, but having another thought that's upsetting because you had that thought is now the trail. This is the new trail that you're setting down the rat hole of frustration. When are you going to change that? Aha, I don't have to be frustrated. You can't make me frustrated. I'm not going to be frustrated. Haha. But you've been in the habit of having a frustrated thought, and now you're getting frustrated because you can see the frustrated thoughts. So see that as a frustrating thought, too. And soon enough, you'll say, wait a minute, I don't have to go down this sequence of events, this rabbit hole or this rat hole of one unwholesome thought after another that I'm not good enough. Oh, there's another unwholesome thought. Oh, that's terrible. Wait a minute, saying terrible. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and here you go with all of these things instead of saying, well, I don't have to think about any of that. We just relax. <sighs> just relax. Just relax. I don't have to solve my frustrations. If I'm relaxed, they solve themselves. And so you, for a while, make a note that every time you recognize frustration, that it's not just one or two, it's going to be five or maybe 10 breaths. And you're not going to do anything but take five long, easy, deep breaths until you get yourself back into a state of real satisfaction, even while you're holding that spoon, and then dump it. And it's sad, oh, wow, I'm so satisfied I can dump that spoon. Okay. But in fact, what, what we're actually cooking here is this delicious moment. That's what we're cooking up, is this delicious moment. And in this delicious moment, you can cook delicious food without any frustration about it at all. Because you're not following any rules. You're playing a game. Everything's a game. Every teaspoon of um, cornstarch is just a toy. 
no goals other than the goal of right now is okay. This is a delicious moment. And I get a free breath out of it too. <laughs> so congratulations again for being able to see oh this is hard or oh I can't do it kinds of thoughts or when cooking oh what if I screw up kind of thoughts and replace those with thoughts of no everything's okay this is going to work out just fine. I just saw another one. So like, I don't believe I don't believe I'm going to be able to do this. Right. And then I Look just at those kind of talks. I just said, that's, I, I don't, I don't know what to say to that though. I don't believe I'm going to be able to do ha, this. Ha, I see you. Is what the Buddha would recommend. These are the thoughts that are coming out of the parent ego state. I see. And you can't do this. You're not good enough. This is hard. And the response to that is the feeling. Yawning is good. So I don't believe I don't believe I'm going to be able to do this and then say Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yes, I am. That's okay. Yes, I can. Yeah. No, no belief required. I'm doing it right here. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it. I see you. I see you. There's no power you have uh, without my knowledge. I think that's a good one. Because I think when these thoughts happen, I it, it there's a power that they have because I don't have a knowledge of them. But when I have a knowledge of them, there's no power they have. There's no power they have. Yes, that's the whole point. When you see what your own mind is doing, when you see your own feeling systems and you really see it clearly, it's got no power over you anymore. You're the boss. Yeah. The frontal cortex, the why is part of the human. Is really the boss. But it's so lazy that it leaves all of the work up to the parent and the child. And so the parents just they're ordering the child around and the child goes around feeling bad because it can't match up to the parents requirements. But now you're beginning to see that dialogue. Yeah, Ah, congratulate yourself again. Look at the things that you're looking at just in this 
uh, one session that we've had, you've picked up twice on seeing that stuff. You can see it. I can see it. I you can see myself it. for seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. You can see it. Ah, but you won't be able to see it once you get off the phone. Well, uh-huh, I just I saw that. it just now. I so just saw, I just saw it again. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Power out. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm going to imagine like pulling a plug. Power out. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. That's a good example. Where actually. Power out. The Buddha, there, there is a sutta number 19 in the Majjhima Nikaya. And the name of this sutta, by the way, is just mind boggling. The name of the sutta is Two Kinds of Thought. And the Buddha then describes that there is wholesome and there is unwholesome thoughts. And then he gives the analogy of the cow herd, not not uh, drovers in cowboy movies, but uh, an, an old Indian man. Let's say that he's got a half a dozen or so cows. And that's his whole livelihood. And in the morning, he wakes up and takes the cows out to the pasture. But in order to do that, he's got to pass through the village. When he's passing through the village, he has to keep those cows in line. Those cows will try to get carrots off the steps. They might be able to uh, run into the uh, laundry line. They could harm a kid. And if all of his cows went berserk, the entire village would be after him, perhaps uh, take his um, cows away from him in payment for the damage that the cow has done. So he's got to be very careful to get those cows through that village. And so that means that he carries a stick, a walking stick, a big walking stick that's big and powerful and long enough. And he's standing right there inside that herd of cows. And any cow that tries to do anything, like take a carrot off of the table, he's going to whack that cow with that stick. And he's there with that job of whacking those cows to make sure that those cows are going to stay in line and they're not going to be doing any damage until he can get them out to pasture. Once he gets them out to pasture, now their heads are going to be lowered to uh, eat the grass and the the rice stubble. Now he can take a rest. But if he does not stay alert while he is going through the village, then it's going to be of grave danger to him. Okay, so here you are going through the village of cooking, and it's grave danger for you. You need to be there whacking those thoughts to make them wholesome. Okay, but once you get the cows out to pasture, what that means is now the cows are not in any danger of having unwholesome thoughts. So now the cow herd doesn't have to stand on guard so much. He can go take a rest because he's already confident that the thoughts that he's having are going to be wholesome. So he can relax in even a deeper way. So the first is the life of going around trying to gather up all the cows to stop them from eating all the other uh, stuff. And the relaxed thing to do is to mindfully walk the cows down the path in line, whacking them when they try to get out of line. And that's a whole lot more relaxing than chasing the cows all over the uh, village, which is what normal life is. is We're out there chasing our cows all over the village. 
Now we're learning in, in the practice of Anapanasati to whack those cows to keep them in line. So that now our thoughts are all in line. Once we get the thoughts one after another wholesome, now we can sit down and rest and merely keep an eye on the cows because we know that as long as their heads are down, they're okay. But when the cow starts to look around like that, cow herd needs to start paying attention to what the cow is doing. So this is the analogy that the Buddha actually gives about one's own thoughts. This is the practice of meditation. And right now we're in for you still in the phase of trying to get those cows out of the village and getting them all lined up. Which means you got to whack them. What are the thoughts that have to be whacked? Oh, this is hard. Oh, wow, there, there got bad cow goes again. Oh, this is terrible that that cow is off eating those groceries. No, we don't bother with that. We just go over and whack that cow. Get them back in line. And that's all there is to it. And it's actually got a whole lot more easy to live our lives like that, whacking every unwholesome thought that comes up than it is to chase down all these unwholesome thoughts and feelings and all of that kind of stuff. But um, once we get the mind wholesome, one thought wholesome after another, now we can even relax even deeper. What about when I'm watching a movie and I get an unwholesome thought? Is it okay to just let it go and just chill out and let watch the movie? Yeah, exactly. Hey, we're watching a movie here. Shut up. <laughs> just like you don't want someone in the back of the movie theater standing up and complaining about the movie theater. You want them to sit down and shut up so you can watch your movie. It's okay to watch a movie if that's what you're doing. Okay. And in fact, one of the students said, oh, I was watching YouTube and the thought you ought to be meditating came up. <laughs> and then the thought followed after that is, no, I don't want to do meditation right now. I want to watch the video. And then the next thought was, oh, you ought to be meditating right now. What the hell is going on with you? You're a meditator. Why are you watching a video? And now he's beginning to feel really bad. And he is not meditating. He's not watching the video. He's in an argument inside of his own mind. Mm -hmm. And so the answer to that is either take a deep breath and say, wow, it's really nice to feel meditation while I'm watching a video. I can actually meditate while I'm watching the video. I can sit here and breathe in and breathe out and say, wow, what a marvelous moment this is watching a video. I am not the video. And merely watching a video. But that's the whole point about movies, by the way. The movie makers make movies so that the audience becomes part of the movie. They want people to be in the movie as if the movie was real. Right? But most, uh, let us say, it is quite possible for a budding movie maker and other people, when they watch a movie, they're not watching the movie, they're not in the movie, they're watching the movie unfold as a product of movie making. So they're looking for the costumes, are they authentic or not? They're looking for the windows have glass in them or not? They're looking for shadows of boom mics, they're looking for what doesn't fit here, what is a movie about it? that makes this a movie, not a reality. One of them almost always is, and every time that they have a major car crash, when they want to show the villain died, they almost always set the car on fire. 
cars don't set themselves on fire much. There's been so many rules, so many laws, so many lawsuits about cars that are not safe and catch on fire. In fact, there was one, uh, Ralph Nader was on one of the GM cars that caught fire very easily back in the 1970s. He almost became president off of that crusade. That's how big a deal was about cars catching on fire. But now, 35, 40 years later, every car in the movie catches on fire when cars don't catch on fire when they get into car crashes anymore. And then you begin to see, wait a minute, when I see that car crash in that movie, the thing that burns is not where the gas tank is. I saw that car explode into flames, and it's not even the gas tank. It's something inside the car. The movie maker is trying to make the point that the guy who was in that car died. We're going to make a great big explosion to make sure he's dead. Instead of recognizing that cars don't do it the way that you're showing it. You're trying to show something else. You're trying to show the death of the driver, not that cars explode in the air. I mean, here he goes. It's just going off into, you know, they run off a cliff. And they're the car in midair, just sailing in midair. And then the movie makers will blow up that car. That's ridiculous. Cars don't blow up in midair. <laughs> they blow up when they get when they hit the ground and crash. But cars are manufactured now that even when it does hit the ground and crash, it doesn't explode in a ball of flames. So these are the things that we can begin to see in, in movies when we're watching it. You start watching with, look at what they're doing here. Rather than getting absorbed into the movie. Yeah, I do that a lot when I watch movies. I I look at like the actors because my background isn't acting. So I'm like, oh, I see what he did there. Yeah, oh, I that, see what now you got it. I see what their intention was or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So now you know what we're talking about. Okay, so when we're watching videos, we can be mindful that we're watching a video. That we're not in the video. Yeah. 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 So you can do that with your own mind. If you can do that with a video, you can do that with your own mind. I am not this mind. I'm just merely watching it. Um. I saw it. It was like, it it, it was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Mm. Yes, you can. (laughs) A a fresh sprout of doubt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unplug. Unplug. Whack that cow. Unplug that thought. Yeah, you can do it. Power out. Power out. (laughs) Off you go. You could do it. These are the thoughts that you can have. But yes, you can do it. Yes, you can watch what the mind is doing. Certainly you can. If you can watch a video in the mode that we're talking about, of watching how the actors are acting rather than being the actor while he's acting, then you can do that with your own mind. a skill to be developed go play with it rather than telling yourself oh i've got to develop that skill no just go play with it and that will be the skill development 
There's a big difference between a, a mother telling a child you ought to be practicing the piano and the kid reluctantly goes over to the piano versus the child sitting at the piano having fun. So there you are telling yourself you've got to develop the skill rather than just sitting at your mental keyboard and developing the skill by having fun with it. Play with that old mind of yours as if it were just another movie that you were watching. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it's an okay movie. There's nothing wrong with it. Commercial grade. All of that, <laughs> high quality, A class movie. But it's not my movie. Just another movie, this present moment. So there was another one just now. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. that all right. So you, like, you have that over and over, and that's your thought over and over again. That's your favorite yeah. thought right now. It's over and so, over so, again. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over, you have that thought. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for waking up to that thought. There you go again. There you go. Aha, I see you again. Just an old script, just an old movie you keep replaying over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now you're on to it. Okay. So when that movie starts up while you've got corn starch in the hand, you can say, oh, <laughs> I see that. <laughs> and then have a big Bennett I would say, we're just playing with cornstarch here, the folks. <laughs> we're not cooking. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm 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 feeling a little I'm feeling a little doubtful. Like I'm not going to be able to do this. And there it is again. again. There it is again. There it is again. Yeah, that's your secret. I can't do it. Congratulations. So there you go. That this is what six, seven, eight times that you've been able to catch that same thought. Over and over again, it keeps coming up, and you're catching it now. So congratulate yourself for being the fact that you can catch it over and over and over again. Pretty soon, you'll get the attitude that, hey, I can catch this stuff. I can see this stuff. Okay. You don't have to follow those rules. The only rule you have to follow is, right now is good enough. That's the new rule. Yeah. No place to go. Mm, I'll That's see it again. Congratulations. <laughs> ah, now you're beginning to see how often those kind of thoughts are. Yeah, it, it, it's not inherently necessarily enjoyable to see it. It's like uh, when I when I see it, there's a choice. I mean, I could either be upset about it or I could... Be like, ah, 
Ah, I ah see but you. in the okay. old days, you didn't see it clearly, and you became upset anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you're seeing it, you still have the choice of whether you're going to uh, uh, let it run right over you, or you're yeah. going to step out of the way. Yeah. Because it's... But you got to see it first. It's, it seems um, a little contradictory because we're making friends, right? It's mm -hmm. to make friends with it, but at the same time, it's to clean it out. Mm hmm. So it's ah, like. But if you find something that you don't like. Then you tend to kind of want to ignore it because you don't like it and you don't like dealing with it. But if we can make friends with it. And when we catch you, we say, hi, I see you. And now, out you go. Here's an example of that. Ordinary dog in an ordinary household has ticks. And the owner, she don't like ticks. And so when she pets her dog, she feels that tick while she's petting it. She says, ooh. I don't like the ticks. She may spend hundreds of dollars on tick medicine for her dog. She, in fact, may uh, make the dog sick or kill the dog trying to remove the ticks. Because she doesn't want to be anywhere near them. But if she has the attitude that she really loves the dog and while she's petting the dog, if she feels a tick, she can, without hating the tick, she can just see the tick. Oh, I see you. And out you go. And now she can enjoy petting the dog because it doesn't matter whether she finds ticks or not. She finds ticks, she'll be happy to pick it off, take, throw it out. And now the dog's going to be slowly, slowly a lot more healthy because we enjoy taking the ticks off. Very happy to find a tick. Hello, you little babble, I see you there. So, yes, you can make friends with these thoughts. Then you can see them easily. If we hate them, we try to ignore them, and then they really have to bang on us to get their attention. Which means now we actually feel bad. But if we're happily finding them, ah, I got you, and out you go. Unplug, unplug, as you said. Happily unplug. Catch that thing and happily unplug it. Catch that tick and happily remove it. Okay. I will keep practicing. Yeah, keep going. Keep remembering. This is okay. Keep remembering. Right. Yeah, I can do this. Keep remembering. Aha, uh -huh, I see you. When those thoughts of, oh, this is hard, or I can't do this, or maybe the food won't taste good, I better be careful. All of those kind of thoughts. You can say, aha, I see you. Throw them out. Unplug them. Whack them with that uh, cowherd stick. Mm -hmm. You know, many different analogies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you got to okay. see it first. Got to see it first, yeah.
which means we got to be uh, willing, happily willing to look to see that stuff. Yeah, that's what you're changing now. That's the little small attitude change that you've made in this this today. Congratulations. You're now willing to look at those thoughts. That bring yeah, on because the because as long as I'm not willing to look. They will they will continue to control me. Mm-hmm. And I'll Precisely. be I'll be at the effect of them. Mm-hmm. And so, that's what we call personality. So, so I must be willing to look at them. Otherwise, I'll suffer. So Precisely. And when you look at them, you don't. That's what yeah. Sukha is all about. Wow, I'm so glad that I don't have to think that thought. Yeah. Yeah. And even if I don't think I can be friends with them, I must find a way. I must find a way to make friends with these. Mm -hmm. So think about it in the sense of that tick. You may not want to actually make friends with the tick, but you certainly want to make friends with catching that tick. Mm. So that when you catch the tick, you're very, very happy. Wow, I'm glad I got that one. Right. Because every left time that one I see it, the size of a basketball. <laughs> so I'm going to pick that tick before he gets big. Yeah. Okay. Now, how does the breathing come into this? <gasps> That's part of the relaxation. Oh, I found that one. Okay. So I see. That's, I, that's I, part I see. Of the I, reward, in fact. I see. Yeah. I can't do it. Unplug. Breathe. Repeat. Uh, repeat, exactly. Okay. See, unplug, and breathe, and repeat. Okay. Cool. cool. All right. That's I'm... what Nirvana means. That's cool. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let it go there because I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep practicing. I keep practicing. Just remember to look at what you're doing. That's the practice. Okay. And this is enough right now. And this is enough. And this has been quite joyful. I mean, what a hoot this has been. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, it's been great. See you. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.